0: Welcome to Calming the Chaos Podcast, where we help you find peace in a chaotic world. I'm your host, Tracy Canella, Licensed Mental Health Counselor. Calming the Chaos provides self-help resources for people in crisis. It's not a substitute for counseling or psychotherapy. Thanks for tuning in. And now, let the chaos begin. One of the most challenging mental health conditions that I can think of is Tourette's disorder. And Tourette's disorder is actually a tick disorder. And if you don't know what a tick is, a tick is an involuntary, random, either vocal presentation. It could come out as a vulgarity or uh, swearing words, or it can be a motor tick, which, means uh, that people might be hitting themselves or doing something that is harmful uh, to themselves. Uh, either way, it is so sudden, random, and chaotic that people are actually debilitated uh, by Tourette's. So let the chaos begin, because today we are going to be interviewing Christoph Morrow, who's a 34-year-old man who had a rough start in life served in the Navy, and got Tourette's at a very early age. He has found a way, though, to use his talents, strengths, and gifts to do awesome things. Christoph is an award-winning writer, and he's got his book out there that has sold over 10,000 copies on the first print, and he is really rocking it here. So we really like for you to be inspired uh, by this podcast. That no matter what sort of chaos you're going through, either uh, physical, mental health, vocational, family, a disability, anything can be overcome. Christophe will tell you how he's done it, and it's just a really inspiring story. And so now uh, I will welcome Christoph Moro to the calming the chaos podcast welcome Christoph.
1: i love the little trip the, the thing in the beginning the, the i don't know what it's called the montage you have so many amazing outfits i love them all I
0: oh them so thank so you for recognizing fun. that oh my I gosh so i see love later. my outfits
1: I was like, "Wow, this this is she's a completely different person." Like, there's so many sides to you. You're very dim- you got lots of dimensions. I like that. It's cool.
0: Oh, wait she, till she, you see the outro. That's going to be um, a lot more. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But I would like to talk ab- about you. Um, uh, the,
1: so when you're when you grow up like abused, probably a lot of people know. Um, you discover that uh, each iteration of you, that you introduce that day that you would suffer abuse perhaps um you discover it's not right because it's so like you become an expert um and in in changing yourself and modifying yourself and and, and it's it's a sort of a perverted metamorphosis you know it's really doesn't it doesn't work because uh you, you uh you have no planet of identity you know and so uh for example you know, I spent many years, like, not even decorating my room. I had no, there was no indication that I lived in any, in any space. And that's, uh, consistent, I think, with, um, the, the crisis that you come to with your identity, I think, uh, you realize, and and also, if you're rather transient, like I was, I went back and forth between my parents. And so OCD and, and all of these qualities basically helped me to, uh, I, I, it proved the, 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 uh, the function and, uh, regrettable necessity of truth and to and because you can't if you're wrong it was it was violent Um, that so that the notion that uh, I had to accept that I was flawed uh, has become a large part of what I contend with today is 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 trying to reconcile the fact that I uh, that these that these notions uh, arrived from abuse and not from truth
0: not everybody who experiences Tourette's disorder is going to have those like profanities coming out of their mouth just randomly and they're walking down the street and insulting people and people don't know what's going on with them. Tick disorders and Tourette's presents differently with everyone and so here is what Christoph has to say about how Tourette's has affected him. So the members of our audience might be wondering what Tourette's disorder is, you know, so I can pick up my DSM-5 and for you who have had the, uh, more recent edition of DSM-5 TR can pick up your edition of the book and define it and diagnose it. But I really do believe in a person's lived experience and what they think Tourette's is and how they've experienced Tourette's instead of doing the diagnosis stuff. So I'm just going to be asking Christoph here, you know, how have you experienced having Tourette's because you've been diagnosed with it and how have you experienced
1: it? Um, well, it, it, Shakespeare, uh, it escalated, I think in severity from, uh, from when it first, uh, when I first thought it manifested. Shakespeare—the first um, noticeable manifestation that I remember, anyway, that when I was nineteen, when I was in the navy, um, and I thought I was having what was like a seizure, uh, but I was conscious for it. And then um, I had epis— it was episodic. After that, I would have it would happen like once every year and a half or so. I would have this this day or a couple of days where I'd feel really strange in my brain, like it. Um, and that my body wasn't wholly mine. Um, and it, it was, it's, it's been uh, Shakespeare. Um, it's been really uh, damaging. It damaged my self worth a, Shakespeare a great deal. Um, and there's a lot of growing pains when you are diagnosed, di- diagnosed with a condition or that, or it becomes, uh, uh, you can't ignore it. You can ignore it no longer. You, uh, you're too symptomatic of it um you so you learn um th- things you can do and th- things you can't do uh any, anymore and um uh, so there, there's there's a lot of adjustments um and a lot of reckoning there's a great deal of, of um new understanding of yourself
0: is it true about the stereotypes about like it's all like cussing and like swear words and really bad things that come out your mouth a vocal or a motor tick know, yeah. was a tick right mm-hmm. so it's like i is it true that like you go down the street and you're gonna say hi to a person and you say fuck off you fucking asshole i mean is that really true or, it, or is it just like something else
1: there's shakespeare um, it's consistent somewhat with reality because 10 percent of people that have Tourettes suffer from that corporal paleo. I think it's pronounced. I don't remember how it's I don't know how it, the word exactly, but um it just means that you like uh, say vulgar words. Um, I'm not really sure how that's related to the brain as a writer. I've tried to. um I think it has something to do with like uh, the intensity of its uh, uh, of how like of its re- like its relevance to like your lexicon. And like how, and and to, and and it's uh and it's a relation to it, your life, like certain words, sh- Shakespeare. Um, and so, uh, it's it's actually the it's so it's actually quite rare for someone to have it like that. However, um, it, the people, uh, on my behalf get upset on uh at South Park, because uh, South Park is a TV show that. Right, that discussed Tourette's in, in in one of the episodes and made it a lot, well, virtually everyone in the United States aware of what Tourette's is, or enough people that there's going to be someone around that goes, "Oh, I've seen that in South Park that guy has Tourette's." Um, sure. it yeah, I think that they actually did a service to people with Tourette's because Shakespeare. Um, the that's the most alarming, uh, part of having Tourette's is saying those words in a public place that are really scary and and so having that um uh, symptom manifest in a public place and having enough people like around that can be like i think that guy has Tourette's or something i've seen that in a, i've seen that in that, he, that he he looks like that guy from South Park uh so it's more i i in in, in my view it, it was a service actually even though they didn't cover other parts of it it's because it, yeah
0: Dude, I totally forgot about that South Park episode. I really want to link it down below in the notes, and I probably will, <laughs> because it, I would get copyrighted if we actually spliced it in there. But you, <laughs> that is so cool that you mentioned that for yeah. sure. So, yeah, okay. So it's, you know, really... In, and I think that this is my experience too, is it's in a very rare uh, population that there are the vulgar words and there's all yeah. that stuff. There's, there's mostly... Um, motor and, um, and vocal tics. And mm-hmm. that means that there's these things that happen and they happen automatically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, hopefully that explains to our audience, uh, what Tourette's is without going into a dry DSM five, uh, explanation of it. And, mm-hmm. um, and also hearing, uh, from somebody who's actually experienced Tourette's. So as you've probably noticed by listening to this interview with Christophe, the word Shakespeare comes out of his mouth quite often. We wanted to explain that and why it is presenting and uh, what purpose it serves. And so now here is uh, Christophe explaining a Shakespeare to us. Christophe, tell us uh, what the word means to you and how this has helped in your healing from Tourette's. Shakespeare,
1: Shakespeare. Well, um, I, Shakespeare, there's oftentimes words that I will become fixated on for one reason or another. Um, and so for example, uh, at at one point for some reason, the word catamaran, I I kept saying that. Um, but recently uh, I spent a lot of my time contemplating my future as a writer and, um, my legacy in that sense. And, um, I, it, uh, it suffices to say i i admire shakespeare and his the quality of his work and the quality of his in in of his endurance uh within like english you know being that he's still the greatest writer of english literature ever Mm -hmm. um and i want i want something akin to that um Mm -hmm. uh one day for myself um in a sense and so uh for me uh I, it, it wasn't a choice. Of, it's not a choice, of course, to say Shakespeare, but it is preferable to all the other, <laughs> to all the other things I had so far. Because at least it's um, not motherfucker. So, yeah, it's not motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
0: and I, and I I think that that's really relevant. Like it's something that's inspiring to you, right? And you're mm-hmm. saying it. It's so you're turning your tick into something inspiring that inspires you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. It's yeah, and I I just. Uh, yeah, I I don't mind it at all. Actually, uh, compared to the others,
0: what you said so. about like you aspire to be like Shakespeare. Every time you utter that word, you're giving maybe yourself some uh, hypnotic suggestion, and that's yeah. one of the reasons why <laughs> yeah. you're so you're such a great writer, right? <laughs> so.
1: uh, I, I, Shakespeare.
0: Gosh, so like, what made you want to go into the navy? I think you went in at a young
1: age right i'd always considered military service like i I guess i uh i i I considered it a solemn thing uh and i considered it a a noble thing uh, as long as you meant to do noble work um and i and that's what i wanted to do i wanted to be a i wanted to be a corpsman so i became a navy corpsman which is a medic uh and they're often uh navy are often then uh, trained with marines so they do combat training they do everything and then they get deployed with Marines to the front lines and things like that. Like this, that's where they go. Like Marines don't have their own medics. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, yeah. And so I, it was actually uh, it's, there's, there's a moment though that I, I think that is sort of the Genesis. Um, and it was that when I saw Saving Private Ryan for the first time, I know that sounds, that, that might sound foolish or, or silly to some people, but uh, when you're like 10 years old, you don't realize that uh, the, the, the scale of like what you're seeing and, and like the the uh the emotional uh weight of what you're looking at and i saw corpsmen uh medics like running into fire on d-day in normandy and uh uh, and under fire and still performing their duty uh and i just always thought that was the most beautiful thing i'd ever seen and so i wanted to know that i was capable of that kind of good
0: I actually um, had listened to an interview you did um, where you talked about um, a letter that you wrote to oh, yeah. um, to a service person, and uh, it got a lot of recognition. And you started to uh, feel kind of feel your roots as a as a writer. And I mm. think that a lot of kids they they get that, um, but they don't pursue it. But apparently, you. You got that, but you did pursue it. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess just a shout out to all the kids out there. If you think you have a talent somewhere, mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. yeah, so you had a a, a really uh, a great letter that you wrote to a service member or service mm-hmm. members, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I did and I was I was in the seventh, yeah, I was in the seventh grade and it was a it was an assignment that we were doing. Um yeah, and and I again, it was it was really important for me to to do it well. I don't know why, but um, I felt compelled to like uh, be member to um, like w- what they probably thought of about like with that, what they thought about when they were over there and they couldn't be at home and why they were there. and I, a lot of uh, a lot of people will will rightfully contend that it was maybe not a good situation to be there in the first place, but that's rather what's important to me was to just provide care for everyone. I didn't care about who was what or where, like, you know, it's um, uh, because it uh, it's in like when you're a physician or a therapist, you know, like even therapy, you do all that stuff, you do no harm. And then, so apparently
0: when you were in the Navy is when you started to developed Tourette's. And and so as a therapist, I'm thinking like, what happened to you? Like, was there some sort of traumatic event that tr- either there was a traumatic event from your past that triggered mm. it or something happened when you were in the Navy, but it mm. happened when you were in the Navy, right? You didn't have any yeah. Tourette's mm. until you were in, in the Navy, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I was not symptomatic really, except except I had everything comorbid, you know, like OCD, anxiety, depression um ADHD but mm-hmm. I didn't uh, I didn't suffer from any mo- vocal or motor tics it is definitely it's so involuntary it's a brief loss of agency truly like um mm. imagine yeah. if like you in if you acted on intrusive thoughts like if your body like made you prisoner for a brief second to your intrusive thought and you threw coffee <laughs> on a copier machine that you for some reason you know it's just a little thing like it's strange um mm-hmm. uh but tourette's uh shakespeare tourette's uh it manifests in both vocal and motor tics which is an important quality to the condition because if you know if, for for anyone that doesn't know like you i hope you'll clarify if i'm wrong but a syndrome is a number like it's a pattern of of symptoms uh that where the underlying cause is unknown like and, and so like i don't like they don't know um mm-hmm. so they don't know exactly what causes uh tourette's but uh, I know it mo- uh, exacerbates. <laughs> I've learned that. Um, yeah. And so uh, it's, it's, I, the, the way that it has manifested in me is I often, in, I often injure myself. And so I wear these uh, binds uh, around my wrists so that I, because um, I only hit myself with one hand at a time. And so if one hand is stationary, it's attached to the other side. So it doesn't, I can't reach. Um, and I wear gloves to protect my hands also, Shakespeare, from uh, that. And, you know, I just uh, there's a number uh, of uh, interventions that are that are a regrettable necessity uh, because of, yeah. of chronic injuries. Uh.
0: I would I would trust your definition and your lived experience of Tourette's and OCD um, more than my clinical experience, and I would just want to let yeah. you know that. Yeah, oh. exactly. I mean, because I have not lived that experience, um, I know that you have, um, and you know, so it. It started to manifest sometime when you were in the Navy, which was mm-hmm. when you were pretty young. Like eight, eighteen was when you um, mm-hmm. went into uh, the Navy, right?
1: No, yeah. mm-hmm. so it, exactly. And um, the the DSM five, I think uh, uh, the criteria says it, it has to manifest before the age of eighteen. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I feel like um, I, I am, since I, I don't share in that because I was I was I was over I was over eighteen. I was nineteen actually um oh my and, gosh don't
0: even get me started on the dsm-5 okay so yeah, I, I don't know yeah
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you can yeah speak to it. it's it's usefulness in one way or another i don't know it um, is yeah exactly i don't know I, I don't know how useful it is because i don't know anything. Yeah, I, it's, I, it's useful
0: yeah. for diagnosis and treatment but sometimes it's not perfect that's I, the way i feel like it
1: yeah oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah so well uh, yeah Shakespeare. Um, I and so it's been episodic. It was episodic after that for many years. For about five or six years, I would experience uh, intermittent symptoms. Like I would have a day where I would have tics, and then it wouldn't. I wouldn't for a year or two. Um, now, like when you said uh, what happened in the Navy, uh, I think that uh, it's. An, I think it's a number. It's a sum of uh, of of symptoms of and. Events, I think, because I have, uh, for example, sleep apnea, like severe obstructive sleep apnea. So I wasn't getting sleep for most of my life. I've very famously snored very loud, and
0: um, and so this I,
1: this is relevant. This is relevant, I promise. So I, uh, whenever uh, you actually get into the into the navy, you're like you're on your own. You you live in the barracks, and you're expected to go to work and all that stuff. Well, I wasn't sleeping very well, obviously. And I wouldn't. I was. I was so nervous about waking up late because, it, like, when you wake up late in the military, it's not just like a write up. You know, like you can go to like jail, <laughs> like you could get in very serious trouble for not showing sh- Shakespeare for not showing up to work on time and and for mm-hmm. other things. And so, um, I was an anxious mess for a long time and and <laughs> about that
0: well yeah that might be like that whole pressure of Mm -hmm. having to be someplace at at a time or having this really bad um you know result happening Mm -hmm. um it could have could have Mm -hmm. helped it to come come along so well i I was just kind of wondering so so how did that affect your life because i know that there are a lot of young people especially in their early to mid thirties or even beyond who um, who have, you know, debilitating mental illness, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mostly anxiety, depression. um, But with you Tourette's OCD and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. ADHD, Um, how did you recognize that that was an issue and, and, um, and move through it?
1: I I think that most people um, they identify like, uh flaws in their mental health uh by how society reacts to them right so like most like when you start to compromise your relationships maybe not obviously not in a malicious way um then relationships that matter to you and things that i mean just generally um but a lot of oftentimes it's like any other like addiction uh where you have to like hit rock bottom before what, well, what is your rock bottom at that time, anyway? Um, mm-hmm. Before you try to uh, correct, like for, before you realize, before you accept that you might be ill, might you might be ill, which is a concession that most people aren't willing to make, because it's just it's, um, yeah, concessions aren't mm-hmm. fun.
0: Well, did you did you develop that concept about yourself, like like I'm ill?
1: No, it's um, it was it's more so that uh there's some uh mental health like uh your mental health is not your fault but it is your responsibility i've heard that again i think that's somewhat incomplete because it doesn't um it doesn't allow for uh like the notion of being more forgiving to yourself for being symptomatic of your condition um which is relevant i think and a lot of people are are often willing to prescribe a moral judgment Uh, over behavior that is a direct result of their symptoms and and so like it's a it's a kind of uh, it's something that i think a lot of people young people especially are struggling struggling with now is that they're all everyone that i know is worried about some kind of weird reckoning like they're you know because like in the future they're going to be canceled because of something they did when they were in their 20s or their teenagers when they were teenagers Which is and which seems like it is an extraordinary and ridiculous thing, Um, but the thing is that that moral purity uh, is 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 really hot right now, in a lot of in a lot of senses, and so it's just it's not it's 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 losing steam. I can tell. There's a lot of people that are like, okay, we're taking this whole canceling thing a little too far because like people need to feed themselves and their children, and like and people grow. You know, mm-hmm. and especially when they do th- so in good faith, um, mm-hmm. and so like with an already like uh, very precarious financial situation, my, I think my we were talking about earlier. Yes, like uh, my generation is is concerned with the notion that like they could even they could win this game and then lose everything. Um, so like even if you end up buying, if you end up somehow managing to buy a home, uh, which every I mean, as many as I know, I don't I don't know very many millennials that own a home. I just don't. It's uh, really and, sad. Yeah. Right. I actually I've looked into this and, and uh baby boomers at the same age, I think about two or three years ago I looked this up. Um at the same age, they had twenty percent of the national wealth. That's how much money they had. So that's not that do hmm. you do you, are you do you know what the it is for millennials, how much they have?
0: Well, I would say if, if boomers have twenty percent, I would say less less than five.
1: Two percent, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The same, at the same I didn't age. even know that. Two percent um, of wealth at mm-hmm. the same age. Yeah. Um, so,
0: so is that um, a big point of stress on 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 people who are your age in the, in the um, early to
1: mid thirties? Yeah, I mean yeah, the notion that we'll never be able to Shakespeare, never be able to retire. Um, that children, that having children is a luxury. Um, and that on top of like this kind of uh on top of a kind of cynicism um there's a kind of solipsism that's coming out of the like the like older generations of the because they they see the world and they hear millennials going yo you've destroyed the planet like we're going to be in huge trouble like is there something you can do and it's they're kind of and it's kind of like i feel like uh like the impression anyway it's not necessarily true because i've met a lot of baby boomers that are very lovely people right um, so uh, and very considerate and thoughtful and and, and have no prejudices uh, towards young people and everybody else. Anyway, um, but uh, they still it's still uh, the fact that they have they, they're going to just spend what they have because they're going to live their life because it's, it's sort of like they're they're jumping on the back of our struggle on the on the on the younger on the younger generation's struggle and saying, you know, we're going to ride this thing out. <laughs> Because we're gonna have fun. Because it looks like the world's coming to an end anyway. So, I it's not. I don't think it's the at the forefront of anybody. It's not a conscious thing. I think it's just a. I think it's a symptom, though.
0: Yeah, but it's not fair. I mean, that's not fair to blame anybody. I always say that say that there's no blame. There's just understanding about how Mm -hmm. the situation became the situation. So, Mm -hmm. but I'm really curious as to how you know uh, you took all of the things that you have, you know, your, your, your bag of disorders, as it were, I mean, I've got mine, you know, Joe Schmo down the street has theirs, you know, like how you took Mm -hmm. all that and, and you're still doing great things. First off, let's, let's just, let's just have you tell us about the great things you've been doing, about your writing, about, TikTok about all this other stuff. Oh, are you getting embarrassed? oh yeah, I'm I'm... <laughs> you, you're gonna be fine. It, uh-huh. You know, you, you can talk about the great things that you've been doing because this is part of what this channel is all about: is to talk about the great things that people are doing.
1: Well, the, the I wanted to, early earlier when we talked about like young people like trying to find purpose and stuff, and and trying to uh, like make a career that's like satisfying and fulfilling and stuff. Um, I just want to say really quickly that. Uh, a lot of what inspires me to work is the fact that I have learned a lot. And so I can make connections that are inspiring to me that are profound or or that I find profound and intrinsically interesting. And so like, I can, you know what I mean? So you generate an understanding that's comprehensive and that's, that is fulfilling to you. uh, And you can then do something with that. And so like, if you, if you feel like you do, like you said, if you feel like you have a talent, then you need to, measure your worth as a student of humanity and and the world and, and, and at large um i have shakespeare uh i well i joined the navy uh and then i went uh i, I tried to go to school I, I taught i had to teach myself to write and uh, uh i won awards for short fiction and poetry at two different colleges shakespeare mm-hmm. and then um they had an annual creative writing contest and i won both of those and then i went to uh, I, I I apply I auditioned for a job as a journalist at a newspaper, <laughs> and I I won awards for photography and, and feature writing from the from Texas Press Associations two of them two different ones, and then um uh, I published a book after after I was after I was diagnosed with Tourette's at 27 I stopped writing for five years, and um, I struggled a great deal, uh, and I think that a lot of my success uh was assisted was really uh was given like a boon by the fact that I'm a white guy like I mean honestly like they, there, there's a lot less that I had to contend with because of that mm. like on top of like if I had all this and I was a black woman like there's come on there's just no way mm. there's just no way there's just yeah. no way it's You're just too acknowledging much. your privilege which is too much yeah yeah wow mm. six booth no. Well,
0: and then, and you've done other things too. I mean, you, you well, you did your book, which we're going to talk about in, in in a minute. And, uh, but, um, but you started writing when you were in the Navy. And um, then you stopped a little bit when you were diagnosed with Tourette's. But now mm. you're writing again
1: mm. and
0: doing some other things, right?
1: Yeah. They, yeah, they, they, yeah. When I was um, 32, uh, Shakespeare, I was uh, trying to find work that, um, that would accommodate my condition, and uh, I gave them the they I gave them the criteria, and they called me back like a month later, and they were like, "We can't find anything for you. There's no yeah. there's no job, like because you're you could injure yourself, and there's something there's too many things that can happen." And uh, so they said, "Maybe the woman, the girl, she said, maybe you should write." Because you, you, you like doing that, you said, so maybe you should do that. And then 10 minutes later, uh, I started writing my book.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, actually, we, we do have um, a copy of that uh, here. Um, <laughs> oh, so you have authored The Second Son. Uh, volumes one and two i don't know if there's going to be other volumes to follow but there's there Christoph's, are, yeah. uh, a smiling face and um i think that is a really super cool um just to to highlight the fact that you 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 can do things i mean you can do things with your passion you can mm-hmm. do things um uh, just even if you have disabilities or things that are disabling or things that are troubling in your life you know you Mm. can actually do uh, great things um can i ask you just a little bit about treatment did you ever get any treatment for ocd and
1: or tourette's i cognitive behavioral therapy i've um i've pursued a lot and uh i try to uh i like actively use every day uh but and so like there's some coping mechanisms that i just like that i often try to impart uh number one is that uh the most important one i think and i hope you'll correct me um but uh my understanding of dopamine receptors is that like any other receptor in the body it eventually because if, if you just have dopamine all the time it grows like, accustomed to it and like you you have you need more and more of it to produce the same Kind of thing, and it sounds like alcoholism. Like when you drink too much, you, you eventually have to drink more and more and more. And social shit. media,
0: you know, and, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So much, so much, I've tried to, re- I've, I've removed a, 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 a great deal of stimulus from my life for that reason. Uh, wow. to Right. She, she That's like a lot. That's
0: a lot for a 34-year-old. Oh my gosh. Right? you feel maybe mm-hmm. disconnected or something, but you have to do mm-hmm. that for your own mental yeah, health. Yeah,
1: it's, it's yeah, it's it's necessary. I try mm-hmm. to describe the uh so obviously meditative breathing and meditation um mm-hmm. is an important one because uh I I describe it as emptying a pool with a garden hose. It takes <laughs> a, it, it's going to take a very long time, uh, but it's reliable. Um And it can be done relatively simply, I think. Uh, and, of course, tapping is another one that I do. That's an intervention that I do that helps. Um, uh, and that's that's just tapping bundles of nerves, I think. What's that? I, uh,
0: emotional freedom technique, like doing the karate chop and There you the, go.
1: Yeah.
0: The acupressure points. I love that. Yeah. I'm actually trained to do EFT 1 and 2, and I do that's EFT, awesome. EFT. Yeah, I do FDA with uh, with a lot of my clients who are it's severely dysregulated in, in mm-hmm. sessions. I'm just like, could you just like maybe just do this for a little bit? Yeah. Or like if you're worried, you do the yeah. gamut or you can mm-hmm. just squeeze your nail beds. Those are all acupressure meridian points.
1: So you use those. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, and no. it's it's it is remarkably effective. Um, it is. <laughs> I, and especially yeah, and, and there's so many other yeah, I I, I don't know them all, and I'm, and I, but I I do know the ones that I've used, and and uh, they help me a lot. Shakespeare. There's something else. I, I there's these things called I use these things called loop ear things, and it's like something that you like. It, it they're just um, earplugs basically that you can wear in public that aren't visible. Um. And I've been Shakespeare. I've been wearing them like almost virtually nonstop for like I don't know four or five days or something. I didn't. It's strange. Uh, I, it's anecdotal entirely what I'm about to say. But like I feel, I I feel like I've, my nervous system has been on fire for a really long time, and I didn't know that until, um, you know, like because because I guess uh, I I guess maybe my nervous system reacts very strongly to loud noises and things like that. So. Diminishing the noise in that stimulation uh, has allowed, like, I guess maybe some reprieve or something, because I I do Mm -hmm. feel like just less. It's it's a strange kind of an absence of heat that I cannot explain.
0: Well, I'm glad you found something. I know some people do the noise canceling, uh, headphones and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I like the, I like the more discreet sort of things too, mm-hmm. especially if, if people, uh, struggle with, with shame. Um, yeah. you know, they just don't want to have the, the, the earphones out in public, you know, mm-hmm. and I get that, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. But so basically what you have said that you have done, um, I hope will help. Uh, some of our audience members, um, as far as being a person in her, their uh, their early to mid thirties, and is there are there any words of encouragement you can add? And then we'll go ahead and look at your book and all your good stuff. What what would you say with to to your peers? You know, the people who are in their early to mid thirties who might be struggling with physical mental health conditions. Um, any kind of words of encouragement that you might have.
1: I think what Dr. King said about the the long arc of justice, even if the world is going to fall apart around us, I think we'll do it hugging each other a little bit more.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, hug each other a little bit more, like be a little bit more kind to each yeah. other and help each other through things. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen here with you, if I can, and uh, we're going to kind of look... Uh, at some of the stuff that you've got uh first we're going to look at your book which is on amazon uh and look at this uh is it a fictional story tell it's us a little totally bit about it it is it's
1: a it's a, i tried to mm, mm, i mean to write literature uh and so uh i, I try to i and, and and so i try to achieve that through prose and poetry um and through like uh, and explore like a, a comprehensive and can given considerable thought to like human beings uh, and how we function uh Heming- or excuse me John Steinbeck wrote that uh, his whole mission as a as a writer is to help people understand one another and that's what I exactly what I do Shakespeare that's exactly what I do and I or mean to do anyway uh, and so it's 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 an epic fantasy though so it's an epic fantasy because I saw I see I saw the success of Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, of course, and I thought I, I want to split the difference <laughs> between those two because I felt like Lord of the Rings is is uh, th- it doesn't have all the modern sentiments that I think are relevant uh, to the way we've grown as people and as a civilization, and uh, it, you know, like there's not a really gender inequality or gender equality in the in the in the work. and my and my work uh, doesn't have any racism or sexism in it. Um, in the sen- because I, I didn't I felt like those aren't uh those aren't curable anyway, and mm. I wanted to I wanted it for it to be an adventure for everyone. Mm. And yeah, if,
0: if you delight in the pro poetry and of my prose, and the pursuit of goodness, I contend you will enjoy this book. Uh, mm. Wow. And uh, yeah, you give quite a bit of, uh, of actual text uh, from it. I, so I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, I tried to, I, I, I thought, uh, it's, it is, I, I'd say that I can't summarize it because I, it really is, I try to be comprehensive in many senses. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's funny because the people that have read my work, they write me and they say they think about it all the time because there's so many different things in it that happen that it's like, it's, that becomes relevant in their lives. And I, and it's really funny. It happens to me too when I'm in, I'm, and, and, uh, the same thing happens. Uh, and I have so I have a difficult time, uh, measuring that, that impulse to say, ah, I wrote about this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Exactly. It sounds pretty cool though. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm.
0: you know, the whole fantasy sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then apparently you are, uh, on TikTok and you have some videos on TikTok, which is great. Uh, so here it is. Um, you've got quite a few videos on here and uh, looks like, uh, you know, uh, a lot of them got a really lot of views and uh, you kind of went viral there. Look at you, man. <laughs> I- <laughs> so this is, this is like, tell us about, okay, cause you're in your thirties. A lot of people in their thirties are on TikTok Ooh, nice glasses. Um, and yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, you know, tell us about how you manage into TikTok.
1: <laughs> Honestly, um, it's really it, it, the whole social media is rather capricious. So, um, mm. you know, you'll see like some videos. Like I have, I have, I made a video a few weeks ago that has almost forty thousand views, and then I have some that are like less than a thousand, the bunch that are less than a thousand. And then I have, you know, some that are in the you know, five, six, seven thousand. And anyway, um, mm-hmm. and so it's really just, uh, it, it, there's so many, uh, variables that are, uh, necessary thing to, uh, to not exploit, uh, but to just disc- really happen upon, uh, went to like go viral in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. and so it was a, it was a number of things, but, um, for for me uh this the whole social media thing is about transparency shakespeare i because mm-hmm. um a lot of people uh really uh like my work as a, in terms of like the the quality of my prose and and um and that I, they they tell me it's like classic it it reminds them of classic literature um oh, and okay. yeah shakespeare
0: um, you've also got a Patreon. I don't know if that's something that's uh, through YouTube. I wasn't able to find mm. a YouTube channel, but I'm going to go mm. ahead and link to all of those in, uh, in, in, in the, uh, in the show notes, but we do have the Patreon link in here. I guess mm. that's, uh, something that you, um, reveal to, to people that is outside of what you normally, uh, reveal to people, as uh, far social media.
1: Yeah. And there's, a, there's something else too. I wanted to say about, um, I, I encourage people on my channel to take their medications because that's something that um, I think a lot of people that are writers or artists in general, they think they have this um, misunderstanding like a van Gogh, for example. Van Gogh is the one that they people often reference saying like he was the tortured genius. Um, but he did his best work when he was being treated and he was happiest. Mm-hmm. like all of his best work, you can look this up. his all of his best work was that uh, Shakespeare. And um, mm-hmm. and so uh, I I feel like a, I feel like I share in that same Shakespeare I, I share in that same um, sentiment and that, and and also practice because it's it, it it's uh that's how it is for me I do my mm-hmm. best work when I'm healthy
0: so um, any uh, kind of future projects that we can look forward to seeing from you uh, Christoph.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I oh I have the next uh, I, my I'm written volume three actually um, I only have three Ooh. chapters left of that um, and then I probably will have maybe two more volumes in that second Sun series and then I'm and then I have my next one planned which is gonna be a sci-fi series and um, it's gonna be fun
0: Wow you know and so that is inspiration for anybody to follow their passion to do what they want to do and um, it sounds like you have done it uh, so is there anything else that you'd like to to tell people if, if they're struggling with some sort of physical mental disability illness um, uh, as far as uh, how they can proceed with their lives um, you've been an absolute delight to have on the show for sure but um, if there's anything if there's anything else you want to offer um, mm-hmm. our viewers we would really appreciate that.
1: Well, the next time, I, if I see you next time, I would, I would like you to be wearing a costume. And I'll wear one, <laughs> I, I will do the rare uh, prize of, of also wearing. I never wear a costume.
0: Wait, costumes. I have a wig right here. I can put it on. Right?
1: Oh, yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> I
0: actually do um, um, <laughs> have one because I'm going to be doing some videos with wigs on. But You'll oh see some more um, after you see this. But Okay, so you want me to wear a costume, and that yeah. would be great. Let's do um, that.
1: I I guess I would say uh, something that I I spent a very long time I spent four days writing, and um, the last uh, clause is uh, justice and redemption are folly, but to seek them is not.
0: That's mm. pretty profound. <laughs> Thank mm. you. <laughs> Well, awesome. I appreciate you being on, uh, on Commune of the Chaos, uh, podcast, uh, do take care. And I, uh, I hope to, um, uh, read your book and, um,
1: look forward to more for sure. Like, Thank you, Tracy. It was really kind of you to have me. Thank you.
0: Ah, uh, well, it was my pleasure and you take care and enjoy this outro because there's more costumes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you later. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to Calming the Chaos Podcast. If you found this podcast interesting or helpful, please like, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can also go to www.calmingthechaospodcast.com to listen to all Calming the Chaos Podcast episodes. I look forward to sharing my next podcast episode with you. In the meantime, take care. (laughs) at <laughs> the moon or something like that.